I'm Leslie Torres. And I'm Bronna Marks. And together we co-host West Coast Mix and Bounce. For all things West Coast NBA. That's right. We cover the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and yes, the Kings and the Suns. When there's something good to talk about. We have a new and fun episode every two weeks where we break down the craziest headlines in the NBA that pertain to the West Coast teams. We are such a niche podcast that you won't find anywhere else. I mean, two girls with experience in the field talking West Coast basketball. Um, yeah, you want to listen. This is West Coast Mix and Bounce brought to you by LAFB Network. Welcome back, guys, to West Coast Mix and Bounce. And today we have a very filled episode. We're going to be talking MVP. We're going to be talking All-Star Game. We're also going to be talking about the Lakers. Are they How they continue to struggle without Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. And then we're also going to talk about the Warriors. Are they ready for the playoffs? Is Draymond Green ready and prepared to take on that leadership role? And then we're also going to be talking about the Clippers. Are they ready for the playoffs? And and do they have their leadership ready? And we will end the episode talking about the Suns and um, the great run that they've been on. But first, before we get to all that good stuff, let's talk about NBA All-Star Game. The snubs, what do we think happened? Brana, go ahead and take the lead. Start us off with um, NBA All-Star. Sure, definitely. Um, like you said, it's definitely going to be an interesting episode. A lot has happened within like the past seven days. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, including top, like literally top headline, the fact that everybody felt offended by the fact that they didn't pick Devin Brooker Booker as a reserve for the All-Star game. Um, I think I was really surprised, too. It was just kind of like that one of those things where it's like, okay, Chris Paul's on the same team. Like, honestly, Devin Booker has been leading that team for years. They wouldn't be number four, you know, in the Mm -hmm. Western Conference if it wasn't for Devin Booker's consistency and his overall growth. Um, So what initially ended up happening (laughs) was that they got so much heat. LeBron came out. A whole bunch of NBA players came out. Even, like, teams that were, like, not NBA affiliates were, like, I think the Arizona Cardinals was, like, even though we know that, like, Devin Booker's an all-star. So um, the NBA caught heat for that. And Adam Silver was like, okay, guys, chill out. We're 80s hurt, so we're just going to put D-Book in in there for him but um other than that in the pacific division you got pg you got Kawhi, you got curry you got lbj you know the typical people um that you would expect coming out of the west coast area to be starters or reserves um for the all-star game but just to start off i think one of the biggest snubs that uh kind of caught my eye especially out of the west coast area was De'Aaron fox i feel like i would have liked to see him over um you know the other guys that got chosen for the all-star game Mm -hmm. um what do you think um i'm with you i'm like with the booker i was 
so shocked he got snubbed again because the same thing happened to him last year and he mm-hmm. but he managed to go to the all-star game as an injury replacement and he's going to be doing the same thing this year because of ad how you mentioned it but i'm just like shocked how the coach because this the reserves are the coach's choice in a sense mm-hmm. so that they continue to snub him and like you mentioned he's been keeping the suns afloat for the past three years chris paul um his teammate now is an all-star reserve so i think it goes without saying that he definitely deserves to be at least a reserve he's averaging 24 points four assists and three rebounds per game and is shooting a career high of 50 percent from the field and i know that on our podcast we kind of been on him for not being consistent enough and just kind of relying on Chris Paul. But he's still putting up numbers. It's like just not at the same level as before because now he has Paul. But he's still putting up numbers and he still, I think, deserves to be an all-star. And you mentioned De'Aaron Fox. And I just think that the amount of like what we call snubs is just getting to such a high point. But because of how much better the NBA is, as a league is getting, I think, in a sense. So, like, the fact that you have so many top-tier players that deserve to play in an all-star game or either be a starter or a reserve or whatever, it just so goes to show and is indicative of how well the league is developing their young talent or their talent, period. So I feel like the more, the more we go into it, the more snubs we're going to be seeing. Throughout the years, I wonder if there was going to be maybe like a change or maybe we'll have like a dip. But I just feel like there's so many good players and West Coast specifically, like you mentioned, we have our LeBron, we have our AD, George, Leonard. So it's just like if that's always going to be your starting, then like you kind of either have to wait for them to retire so you can get your chance or you have to be like absolutely spectacular. But um, yeah, I feel like Booker should have definitely been um, at least a reserve. But uh, are you excited for the game? I'm excited to see when they get drafted. So I think that would be on March 4th. And we talked about it in in our last podcast how Kevin Durant was leading the votes. And then the total came out and LeBron just came out with like 5.9 million. So he has the first go (laughs) at the NBA All-Star Draft. How did I ever doubt him? I don't know. Silly me. Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited. I think everybody seems a little concerned just over the fact that we're still yeah. adjusting to COVID protocols and lack of fans and uh, the shorter schedule because the second half of the schedule was actually released today, yesterday. Um, I don't know. I don't even yesterday. Know yeah, anymore. yesterday the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got you, girl. I'm, I'm sure everybody can agree. It's like, what day it is? I don't know. I live at work. I live at home. It's all the same thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just to see that LeBron still has that respect and that that earnings as far as, you mm-hmm. know, you know, he's got first. Sorry, Durant. You just gonna, you still gonna have to come in number two, my guy. But <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll get your time to shine eventually. But I think overall, besides you know those two big names, I think I wrote down um, DeAndre Ayton, which is kind of like uh, they're definitely not gonna put three players from the same team, mm-hmm. um, you know, on a I don't know a dozen or so roster. It's over a dozen people, but uh, so like you said. The league is definitely focused heavily on developing players and watching them grow and giving them chances. But at the end of the day, when you only have so many slots and you got hundreds of players, 
that are active, not only just, you know, that are starters or that are bench players, then you have two-way players, too, who are putting up points mm-hmm. in the G League and the NBA. So it's, I feel like there's definitely more competition. That's a very good point. As, mm-hmm. Yeah, just, as far as just getting your name into the pool. Um, but if we're being honest, the NBA did the best that they could. They're looking at the numbers. You know, they're looking at yeah. what, what's on paper who's ranking the top 10 as far as efficiency as far as points per game assists per game defensive numbers is your team actually winning like these are things that they all take into consideration leading up to something like this and when you have a season that's definitely not normal you know people are going to get left out here and there but Devin Devin Booker is definitely ultimately respected I mean I'm sorry disrespected as far as when it comes to the selection processes like he shouldn't be a second thought yeah. He's not a second, you know, he's not a second thought, and most people agree. So I'm hoping that if the Suns stay on this kind of run and, you know, maybe they make it deep into the playoffs this year, that would give him some kind of more respect as as to the fact that, yes, he's a real contender, not only all-star, but as long as he's healthy throughout his career and he continues to get better, he can be in the Hall of Fame. So give him his time, give him his, like, you know, a little play here and there. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully they make the playoffs so he can add some like weight to his name and <laughs> and you know earn the respect that he needs. Uh, I think this also kind of brings into the into consideration the question of like MVP. We already have our All Stars, so now we're looking into you know the NBA MVP. Maybe it might be a little bit too early, but we're halfway through the season, so it might not be that early. Do you have in mind your MVP? I mean, I'm. It's going to be LeBron James. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to say, let's say the same one. One, two, three. <laughs> I have LeBron, too. <laughs> and look, um, look, look, look. I know people are going to say, like, we're such, like, you know, LeBron. Like, I'm probably, like, we're on his bandwagon or, like, we're, like, such fans. But it's, like, honestly, it's it's not even like that. Like, I'm not, I have never been that huge of a LeBron fan. But when mm-hmm. you see how it is, I feel like it has to be LeBron James, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even on paper, in the game, just the fact that he's playing at the caliber he is at the age of 36. So you can't tell me every dude in the NBA could go, uh, is this his 18 season? Yeah, 18 seasons and still be playing better than all the, the rookies, the you know rookies of the year, the, the second league players, the people who are coming in and out, these people who have been developmental. And he's playing at a high caliber still since the, since the jump, since he came out of high school. Like, people forget that he didn't even go through college. He didn't even mm-hmm. go through the t- traditional route of, like, you know, being in a college team, getting his hype there. He can't, Senior year, they were like, yo, NBA is calling. Let's go. <laughs> and he's been, and he's been to nine of the past ten NBA finals. He's averaging some of the highest points played in a game. Some of the highest points per game. Um, assists. He just passed thirty five thousand points, and he was the youngest to do that. As as well as a few other tiers, he passed. I think like seven thousand points, twenty five hundred. Um, so he was the youngest to not only play at this caliber, but just continue to move up the ranks quickly. Is this like every year is like automatically he's better than he was last year. And that's just, that's a different mindset you have. That's a different dedication. And people look up to him. Of course, there's haters. I mean, 
you ain't popping if you ain't got no haters. Like, that's just <laughs> how it works. Um, and you got somebody like the late Kobe Bryant who really at the end, he, you know, he gave his respect. He made people, they, he made his fans know that it's not me versus him, you know, it's us. We're all in this together. We mm-hmm. should uplift each other. So I think LeBron James is definitely my top pick. I know for sure, though, Steph Curry is playing a little scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he may not be all the way consistent, but I think he went like, I don't know, five, six games, and he was averaging almost 40 points. And Kerr has come out multiple times and says, you know, I've never seen him play like this before. I've never seen him step up like this before. And for him to come back from an injury without, like, you know, to a completely different team mm-hmm. um, is – that's also notable. Yeah, I'm with you about the LeBron James. I think for me, especially uh, without AD and Shooter, I think we're seeing so much more how much LeBron carries on his shoulder during games and how mm. much he impacts the floor, especially right now without AD and Shooter. And um, yes, the Lakers are losing. We'll get into that. But it's not mm-hmm. really just because of LeBron. It's just like he's. I feel like he's doing so much. The amount of minutes he's playing, the work he's putting in, and the age, the season. I always come back to narrative and what that, what the player means for the team, for the league as it is right now. And, I mean, obviously they have to play well. So, they're, mm-hmm. I think, third in the West right now. So, for me, it's the LeBron narrative that is the winning one. 36, year old, 36 years old, putting up those numbers, averaging 25 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. from the field. I will not mention his free throw percentage because (laughs) that will be be later. But, I mean, it's just – and also, you know what? The amount of defense that he's been playing this season, I think, has been top tier, the best defense he's played, honestly. Like, because I've never really seen him be that defensive. And it's hard not to see LeBron as a top two, top three MVP finalist. With mm-hmm. that being said, can another player come in and sweep the title? Yes. And I think you mentioned Curry for sure, definitely. I also yeah. seen like a good case made for Joel Embiid. Also Damian Lillard. But I'm just mm-hmm. like it's so close. And I think um again, that's just how much better the NBA is. And I feel like last year, I don't know about everybody else, but I feel like last year could have been LeBron as well. And I feel like every year since then. I think he hasn't won since when? Since 2000. Oh my God, I don't want to say that wrong. I think 2013. He hasn't won an MVP since. And it's like all these great things he's done since then. And he hasn't mm-hmm. won. It's kind of like you got to give him his due diligence. Like he deserves it. And not. Definitely. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, Curry can come in and sweep it. I can see that happening. But at the end of the day, I feel like every season we go past and like look in the back, like go in hindsight, it should have been LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. And I, I get like we've been saying the league is super developmental now, and it, I, I feel like players are different and strategy is different as far as you know, um, just getting players out onto the court to get their minutes up to feel the pressure of a full. NBA game it's always different it's not high school it's not college it's not the G League you know it's always a complete different level when you play an NBA game against these legends and against these guys who have all this experience um so 
for LeBron to still be leading the pack. And nobody could, you know, I don't think anybody could really fight us on the argument that he still leads the pack. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, people want to, you know, they want to give props. They want to give props to like uh, Joel Embiid and, and Dame. And that's perfectly fine because at the end of the day, these are the guys that are going to take the league into their hands through the next level. But I mean, you can't pass the crown off to somebody until the other person who has the throne steps down, right? That's, That's true. just how it works. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Exactly. That. So, but yeah, going into that, um, we could talk about how the Lakers are struggling. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my favorite topic, but let's, we got to do it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Exactly. They are on a four game losing streak. They lost the Nets, the Heat, the Wizards, and the Jazz. And as we mentioned, it probably has to do with the fact that Anthony Davis is not um, playing as well as Dennis Schroeder. Um, I think it was against the Nuggets where AD re-aggravated his Achilles and his calf. So the Lakers said that they would give him um, four weeks to fully recover. And according to that timeline, I think it will take us a little bit after All-Star break. So by then, mm-hmm. they should have their full, healthy roster back, knock on wood. But, I mean, the, the Lakers are being really careful with this injury because, you know, it, Achilles is very hard to come back from. It's maybe, like, one of the worst injuries in the NBA to have. So I feel like they really want to kind of protect AD. And his teammates are being supportive and willing to wait, you know, and give him those four weeks. But they are not playing well. Also, no. I think it's because Schroeder is not playing as not playing. He's out due to COVID protocol, I think it was. So yeah. um, I, you could definitely see that without like a true point guard. They look like a mess on offense. Uh, like they look horrible. Girl, <laughs> like, you know, Schroeder before this, he had been averaging 14 points and four assists per game. His playmaking, although it doesn't like show up on stats, it was something that the the Lakers heavily relied on, and it's super clear to us now. And um, you know, there's talks, and there's like, are we worried? Like, what's happening with the Lakers? Is like, what is this, right? And I mean, for myself personally, I don't think I'm worried because they are missing Anthony Davis, who is a huge part of their uh, lineup, and they're also missing Shooter, who they kind of went for an upgrade on Rajon Rondo. But um, given that, are you worried? Do you agree with me? Do you disagree? Is there something that I'm missing? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I'm super worried. Uh, just because we got to remember that before, when they were perfectly healthy, they went on a 7-0 and run. Mm-hmm. And then they broke that run. And I think they went on like... And then AD got hurt after that. And then they lost... Uh, like you said, Dennis Schroeder. And we can't forget that just how these guys commit on offense, 80s averaging, uh, I think like, yeah, 22 points, shooting 53%. You feel that. You feel that when that guy is not on the court. Mm -hmm. Um, And to lose like your point guard, we've said this before, we've said this last season, the season before that, LeBron cannot play point guard, okay? He likes to act like he could play point guard, but that's not his role. He cannot facilitate and also be the powerhouse Mm -hmm. and the paint that he is. At the same time, you just, unless he's gonna clone himself (laughs) and have him do both jobs at the same time, 
not going to work. As amazing as he is as a player, he still needs help, and everybody understands that. And so for Schroeder and AD to be out at the same time, Schroeder's been out for four games. Um, he takes up a lot of space as far as assists, as far mm-hmm. as he's a really gritty player, and he's definitely, definitely beneficial on um, on defense. And they're they're lacking in their front court. They're missing that big presence, that big person in the paint. As as much as AD likes to, you know, play around on the court as far as, like, he's not always under the basket. Sometimes he takes three. Sometimes he'll take, like, a mid-shot. Um, you know, sometimes he'll, he'll, like, play off a, a pick and roll. But at the end of the day, he's still a big guy. He's still a big presence. And it's hurting them. This A four-game losing streak for the Lakers? I know. Oof. So ugly. I, it's not like – it's like <laughs> – you know, it gives you a little ouch, like a little cold shoulder. <laughs> I mean, if they were healthy and in a four-game losing streak, I would have lost it already. But... <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Then we would have been, like, thrown in the towel, like, ah, oh, forget it. It's not their year. They messed it all up. The blah, season's blah, blah. over. <laughs> exactly. But when they're 100% healthy, they're pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. Like, they won over Denver. They won back-to-back um, in OKC, uh, against OKC. And then they went on that kind of like, they played away at Denver, they lost, they played away at Minnesota, and then they won, then they went on that four-game losing streak. Granted, they got pummeled by the Nets, and the Nets literally went to the West Coast and pummeled all of the West Coast. (laughs) That was amazing. Um, So that was, yeah, that was amazing, but it was also stressful. Oh, yeah. if, If we panic, say we panic, right, the trade deadline is about, 30 days from today, I think it's, like, exactly a month away. Mm-hmm. Do you think they should make, like, a move to get another big guy to feel to fill AD's presence? I think yes, and I think that that was going to be my next point. Like, yeah, they're in a losing streak. I'm not worried, but it's definitely showing holes in the Lakers' offense that they need. So without AD, who's, like, on, who's on that paint? And it's Mark Gasol and, like, no offense, Gasol, but you're not uh, cutting it. <laughs> He's uh, not cutting it. So I feel like maybe the Lakers are alluding to this because they just waived Quinn Cook, so they're making space. I think now they have two roster positions open. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I think Cousins just cleared waivers or whatever. Now he's like free agent kind of vibe. So um, I wouldn't, and the Knicks let go of a bunch of guys as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers either bring somebody, do like a quick trade here and there for something that they need, especially in the paint. And then like you also mentioned, the second half of the schedule has been released. So it's going to take us all the way up to May. So they have at least those 30 days, at least from here on out, to kind of see what other moves they can make so that... God forbid something does happen to Anthony Davis down the road. They have at least something to hold them until the, say, playoffs or the finals or until AD can come back healthy. So, I mean, if anything, this is helping them see what they need to do. So when AD comes back, they're just going to be, like, well-oiled, like, no holes, and hopefully just win from here on out. But we shall see. We shall see because it's... I'm not worried. I'm just not worried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think honestly, their front office could have handled this a little bit better because this is not the first time we've seen AD mm-hmm. go, go down for a few weeks, a month, 
a few days. He's he's injury prone. He's like a big bear. If you trip over something, he's hurt. Like I don't I don't understand. They need to <laughs> bubble wrap AD. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just he's just clumsy i guess i don't know maybe he needs protein in his diet but either way the lakers have seen that the fact that you know he's not always a hundred percent healthy and they should have had somebody to be like all right you know if he's down for a few days or a few weeks or whatever at least we have somebody to keep the momentum because it's also hard when you go down four games and then you know for a fact ad is not going to be back for a few weeks and you still have to go through the trenches mm-hmm. to get some wins because if you don't then that's going to affect your seating granted you know lebron came on and uh marquee Morris came on like post game and was like, Oh, we're not worried. You know, the playoffs are different. Yada, yada, yada. Like, okay, y'all talk that big crap now. <laughs> when you go up against like the Nets or, you know, the Jazz or whatever, mm-hmm. then you got issues for a seven game run. You're going to be tired. You're going to be out of it. Um, LeBron played like a season low or career low 27 minutes against the Jazz. So the so we see that he's putting out all this energy, all this work in those over those three back-to-back overtime games. Now he's trying to compensate for the fact that there's uh, two he's two players down as far as starters, um, and that's affecting him. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he would be paying his whatever like he was playing like forty minutes or something like that when they were like in between that win streak, and he was like, "I feel great, I feel fine." Like, okay, old man, sure, <laughs> you up there with Tom Brady. <laughs> Can't hold your liquor on the boat. (laughs) (laughs) So it just kind of like we know that there may be a potential that they need to fill that space, like you said. And I wrote down a few players down here that just caught my eye as far as free agents. Now, the Lakers have 10 free agents before restricted. So that's also kind of like a mix up if they want. If some other team just comes in, tries to snatch people up, then they're going to have more holes. But what really upset me was that they declined the idea of Boogie, which is kind of like, okay, I mean, he was already in LA. He already (laughs) knows the guys. I don't know why y'all were so quick to be like, no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then um, they lost Paul Cazal because he said he was going to come out of retirement and he ended up going back to Barcelona. He was like, all right, bye. United States is ghetto here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I like wrote down a question mark to Kevin Mooney. I know he's on the Warriors. That's like, you know, a big little mix up. And you have to take into the fact of salary cap, how much are they going to pay these guys Mm -hmm. if they do decide to come. Um, But yeah, I think that's seriously they seriously seriously if they're not listening (laughs) one more time seriously exactly thank you um they consider some backup just in case just in case (laughs) i agree i agree so let's see well then this brings us to the warriors and um curry and Draymond green So I think where I feel, let me see. So I feel (laughs) that the Warriors need Green to take some of the burden away from Curry. And I think it kind of, I saw it when they played against the, that one team he got ejected. V, I wrote it down. I cannot remember because you know he always has fits. Well, that one. <laughs> the Hornets. The Hornets. The Hornets. Yeah, Lamelo. Duh. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I feel like I think that game was kind of a prime example of how much Curry means to the team, and at the same time, how much 
green kind of needs to step up on the leadership side of things and be that one player for his team because without clay and without curry i think green needs to step it up a little bit and now uh, we mentioned i mentioned that game where he got ejected in the like last minutes of the last seconds of the quarter it's like he lost control of the situation and uh in turn kind of lost the game for the warriors mm-hmm. and um I know that they're like, you know, we underst- he understood that that wasn't like how he should have acted. He should have been like a little bit more better on that side. And um, Curry even said like, you know, there's no point to be arguing with the refs, especially when you're like that. And he kind of, they all kind of came on the defense of Draymond and saying that he's, you know, he's loyal. He's a competitor. He's a winner. So we kind of, we kind of see that this is how he kind of gets because he's so passionate about the sport, which makes sense. However... I think that there are going to be times when the Warriors need to rely on him and is he capable of being responsible to take on that burden? Because if there's no Klay Thompson and there's no Stephen Curry, then there needs to be a Draymond Green. And I don't know if he's going to be up for the challenge. I mean, he's been up for the challenge before in the past. But uh, I don't know. It just feels like without... Curry or without Thompson, like Green kind of just like flounders a little. But I don't know if I'm just like not, maybe I'm just being negative or is it just, I don't know. That's how I, I see it. I mean, and right now the Warriors are in the eighth seed. So they are still in playoff contention. So yeah. I feel like this is the kind of moment where he kind of needs to just like grab the seat or grab the wheel and just be like, you know what? I have to be responsible. I have to be on point and like, not let these other emotions get to me because this is not the first time we've seen it as well. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I I would agree with that. I think he's definitely probably feeling the pressure of the fact that he needs to step up. You know, when you're a vet, when you're a vet on a team and you've been there a while and you've won rings with this franchise and then your team suffers some, you know, catastrophes basically as far as losing players, prime players, you know, it should be automatic, like, I need to step up. And not ju- not just in points, not just in minutes, like, in mentality and leadership. And we've seen that he's capable of that. We've seen him talking up the rookies. We've seen him talking up wise men and the younger guys on the team. So he has that potential to do that, but sometimes he really does let the passion get ahead of him. And he has to understand that that affects everybody, everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> not just him, not just the officials, not just the other team. It affects everybody he has to be more mature than that. Um, and even Kirk came out and he said, you know, he crossed the line, but he apologized. So hopefully that he, he learns from that. And the fact that I was looking at his stats, I was like, you getting all mad and you got five points. <laughs> You got five points and you all upset. You all hot and bothered. Like, come on, you have to at least contribute before you can you can get pissed. You know, we see Le- LeBron get mad every two seconds, but at least he's averaging like twenty seven a night. <laughs> like, drop a triple double and then we'll and then we'll exactly. Then you can argue with the refs. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, he, and to get ejected, this like you had two texts before that. It's not like refs do not give you warnings that you need to chill out. And, and I was reading that it was, like, for profanity and taunting. So it's, like, not even, like, you're just raising your voice or you're being aggressive. Like, you're being disrespectful. Yeah, petty. <laughs> against the game. And who knows? Maybe he was going through something else and, you know, it just affected him. But he has to understand. Like, I wrote down here for this topic. I was like, who are the Warriors even? 
<laughs> that's how I feel like where mm. we are in the season is like they have kind of somehow crawled up the ladder to eighth spot and they may or may not hold that because the Western Conference, I believe, is pretty close after you get down under the eighth seed. So it's going to be one of those things just like last year when these teams are like mm-hmm. one and a half games apart and every game matters. So you can't just blow up and have everybody and have your team lose by two when that could potentially knock you down to the ninth place. Exactly. So exactly. I think in the past few games they've been – Really inconsistent. They haven't won more than two games, but they haven't lost more than two games in a row. Um, they're barely averaging above 500 right right now. And I think Curry is the team right now. And it's not unfamiliar territory to him. It's not like he hasn't let the Warriors through the mud and the dirt before. <laughs> um, and especially now being an all-star and he's leading the teams in assists. Um, I'm sorry, the team is leading the league in assists, 27.8. Uh, assist per game so they are sharing the ball and that's definitely important but you know not just sharing you have to make sure your guys are taking shots and they've had little ticks and injuries here Wiseman was out then they you know we talked about it on the last podcast that they took him out of the starting lineup then they had to throw him back into the starting lineup because of the players that they were missing essentially um and then you have Curry having really good games like scoring 37 points at Madison Square Garden so but then you know the next game maybe he may, he won't play because he don't feel well I was like all right I guess <laughs> <laughs> but you know take a sick day take a sick day Rana you know, you're ruthless you know. today yes <laughs> listen I'm on him because it's like we go into the second half of the season we don't want to see all this willy-nilly petty drama mm-hmm. you know it's just like you guys should be almost halfway adjusted to, to the COVID situation. Um, and now they're letting fans back into this, to the stadium. And everybody was like, really, ex- I'm sorry to the arenas and everybody's super excited about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just inconsistent. They don't, I, I still don't think they have an identity. It's just like Steph Curry and J. Mike Green sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I think th- I like, I really like the question that you wrote down because it comes down to that and how you said like, what is their identity? What is their kind of their role? And Draymond Green has, as a vet, as a as a star on the Warriors team, he has a responsibility to kind of form that identity. Does that mean that I think he sucks? Not at all. But I just yeah. feel like he's not doing enough. All around, he's a great playmaker. And I know that sometimes doesn't show up on the stats. And he gets his team going. But he needs to step up in situations where eyes are just on him. And he doesn't behave that way or kind of cost the game in that kind of way if that makes yeah. sense but um I really like that question that you asked like who are the warriors like this is like this is the time for them to kind of um put it put it out there because without like you know without the three splash without the splash brothers they're like what are they yeah. exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. and they don't know uh the only good thing that I do like that I did see is that the bench seems to be coming out and turning up for them when they see that you know the starters are maybe not able to hold up the game themselves and granted it was a loss but um the bench combined for 46 points against the Hornets so to see those guys like okay no matter what we're gonna figure it out you know we're gonna step up the way we can uh to help our team as much as possible because it was a close game and those those differences you know if you have 
players that are coming off the bench um, and creating some kind of new momentum or new shift that's important when you go into tight, tight games, say, in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. and and another team that is kind of finding an identity, setting setting their foot off right are the Clippers. (laughs) With the Lakers, yeah, with the Lakers going on a losing streak, the Clippers are sitting pretty at the second seed in the West. Mm -hmm. And then they just also finished beating the hottest team right now, the... Jazz on Friday. I think um, it was 116 to 112. I did watch that game. So that was exciting to watch. They played the Jazz actually back to back. So um, in the first game, they were without Leonard and George. And then the second game, uh, Kawhi and Paul George played. So that second game they played, they were on, like, it, it looked like a playoff game, to be honest. It was, like, really great to watch. And, yeah. um, the game was super close, very competitive. Sorry, I have something in my throat. There's allergy season. <laughs> oh my god, it's so windy, and I my my mistake was that I left my window open, and I'm allergic to fucking trees. Like so, there? Yeah, based in there. <laughs> Last time I went to an allergist, and then um, she's like, "Do you plan to live in California your whole life?" And I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "You might want to move because you're allergic to like basically every kind of tree that lives here." And I was like. Fun. Yeah. Very good. Where was I? <laughs> Enough were, about my health we issues. About the Utah Jazz and health, uh, uh, oh yeah. So um, the Clippers are kind of finding a groove. They are winning. They went against the Jazz, and I think Gobert Gobert even alluded to the fact that it felt like a playoff game, and that was the very much vibe that was given. So I think like if the Clippers can stay healthy, I don't see why they don't get themselves to at least the conference finals. Like, that's how much potential I see in them now. Uh They would have to choke really, really bad to ruin what they have going on right now. It's like, they, they need both Leonard and George to show up every single playoff game like they showed up against the Jazz. And that's already me thinking in the future, like, they're for sure gonna make the playoffs. They're for sure... I, they better go to the conference finals because with all that power, star power that they have, how their dynamic is set right now, their chemistry, I do not, I don't see what what can possibly go wrong. And from what I've seen, especially from Paul George, he is super dedicated, like wants this comeback to happen so bad. And for yeah. him, that includes making the playoffs being an all-star, getting to the conference finals, and even a championship, I feel like that has to be his main goal for this, like, comeback of injuries that he's been having. And I feel like, and this is, like, this is, like, he's been playing really, really well. He's averaging 24 points, six rebounds, five assists per game, and he's shooting 51% from the field and 48%. 48.6, that point six is important, from the three-point line. So I feel like they kind of have everything that they need at this moment. They were not, they, their team was kind of holding them down while Kawhi and Paul George were out. And so I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they're looking pretty unstoppable as well at the moment. Like something would have to go horribly wrong for them to lose. Mm-hmm. That's just, um, yeah. I'm I'm surprising myself because I'm like I'm I'm not really used to talking about the Clippers so well. <laughs> right. Yes. 
it's still weird to get used to, but I mean, they have bombed before. But honestly, I, w- yeah. I would honestly appreciate if they did have, they did take this energy of, you know, they have a lot to prove and actually prove a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think so far they've, they've really have done that. Uh, unfortunately, they were a, a part of the routing that the Nets did on the West Coast, but the Nets are a different caliber team at the moment uh, for right now. And I think they just kind of took that momentum and have, have run with it since then. But they didn't play a terrible game, you know, against the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, even that switch off between the loss and the win as far as that first loss against Utah, they didn't have, you know, their their big guys, um, Kwai and PG on the floor, and they, they, they lost that game, but they were able to come back learn what they did wrong, <laughs> you know, and uh, adjust and make sure that they, they got that win. It was a different feel in that starting lineup against that in that first loss. It was kind of like smallish ball almost. Um, you know, it wasn't completely small, but they lost on the boards really, really bad. <laughs> I had to write it down because I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so embarrassing. So they got out defensive rebounded 53 to 38 and then offensively they got out rebounded 17 to 9. Wow. So they were not using that effort in the paint to get those second chances um and not boxing out <laughs> basically uh to to make sure to take the to the ball away and I'm I'm sure if the Clippers seem as smart as they are right now that they'll learn from those numbers and things like that. Uh they came back and uh, Paul George and Kawhi were able to combine for 44 points, and they had 46 points from the bench against uh, Utah, who only had 30, 30 points on the bench. So, um, And like you said, they were able to kind of hold it together when I think one of these games, Cleveland or Miami, one of those, they were out like four starters. So they had like all their two-way players mm-hmm. and like some other people like starting, and they were still able to win. So it's just like not only – do they have their starters, but they have depth. And that's really what matters when you're making those long strides into the postseason. It's like, do you have these guys that are going to come out when you're, when you're top scoring guys and need a few minutes to rest so that you can keep the the energy going. Mm-hmm. Now I did, I did write down that the Clippers are not unstoppable. Maybe I'm a hater. <laughs> you know what? I, I agree with you. I just checked the score right now, and they're losing to the Grizzlies 122-94. to 94. So that's what I get for being nice. Remind me never to boast or, like, hype up the Clippers ever again. We're Remind me. Too, Remind we're me. Always, we're always too early with the compliments and never, <laughs> and never fail. We are too nice. Uh, I am too nice. <laughs> at least at least you're more realistic they're like unstoppable no but you know i like the clippers are like my never-ending like punchline. like i love to laugh at them <laughs> but yeah i think there's hope there they definitely they have flaws like every other team uh but they're top contenders for sure for sure as long as they stay healthy there should be no issue of them getting into the conference finals this year and if they do then it's really on them honestly Exactly. They got nobody to blame but themselves. (laughs) Another team I think that we have to talk about that also is in playoff contention, also on the West Coast, isn't it crazy, like four teams, Um, are the Phoenix Suns. I feel like 
they are maybe finally clicking now. Their chemistry is on point. Um, we talked about it. The Suns have two All-Stars, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So congratulations on that. And yes, the Suns are winning. Just because they lost to the Hornets before that, or erase it. <laughs> before that, the Suns have been, including that, they've been on a pretty impressive streak. They think they won nine out of their last 11 games. They have beaten teams, or they've beat teams like the 76ers, Celtics, uh, Bucks, and the Blazers. So, I mean, they're beating strong, top-tier teams. And I, and we've talked about this before in other podcasts, how the Suns' chemistry wasn't fully there to begin with. Like, they had an easy first half of the season, and they got a little bit, like, bumpy down um, the midway, kind of. And now they're getting a little bit more closer to something that we see with chemistry and they're kind of clicking now. And um, we've talked about Booker kind of just being a little bit off the pedal. But like when you have a player like Chris Paul with him, sometimes you don't need to do that much. And so I think like with any team or any um, relationship, you kind of have to learn what people like and like where a certain player likes the ball or where he likes his pick and roll or where you roll he picks or you know whatever the case might be so I feel like it's like it was easy not easy but when you have easy when you have two stars it's easy and then you have to kind of learn to integrate every other team or every other um I'm sorry every other player to go alongside that and so we all knew that with Chris Paul the Suns had potential to um, grow and get better. And then they already had Booker. So I feel like now they're kind of on a nice little run, a little bit of clicking. They have all-stars. Um, I definitely see them making the playoffs, if not um, doing that whole bracket, the new bracket that the NBA has going. Um, what do you think? Yeah, just to see their progress over time has been amazing i believe when we first started recording this podcast the suns <laughs> were like not even a thought in our brains like they were down there with yes. the kings like well, we don't talk we're not gonna talk about them because they really hurt my feelings yes. <laughs> um, but the suns have definitely like figured out who they are uh and i think it was a little bit of confusion when they first started they were trying to figure out you know we all knew that D Brook and, and CP3 were going to be their one and two, but I don't think anybody really understood like the dynamic, who's one, who's two. Uh, and it seems like mm-hmm. Chris Paul has really kind of leaned into that passenger seat role and uh, has been focusing more on facilitating. I think the word that Booker used was orchestrating. He's really orchestrating. Mm-hmm. He used that in the game when they played uh, Nola and, CP3 had a season-high 19 assists, yep. <laughs> which is like, wow. <laughs> like, you... Point to, to God. Think, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, to see, to think, like, you have that vision of the court, you know your players, you know how to get to the ball to them to get a score, that is some serious, like, basketball intelligence. I couldn't even imagine what his brain goes through to figure all that out. Um because this is not his first game with, with such high assists, and he's leading the team right now, averaging 8.6 assists per game, and Booker leads with points, 25 per game. So I think they finally figured out that dynamic, uh, 
and they were able to turn that dynamic around and win six in a row, mm -hmm. uh, win one another three in a row, and then they took, you know, that harsh loss to Charlotte. But I think what's interesting now that we're going into the second half of this season is, like, you're seeing teams figuring it out. Some teams are still, like, they started off great, and then they lack, or they, they're lacking, and they're still kind of lacking. And then you have somebody, like, you know, the Hornets that are like, whoa, like, where did they come from? Like, they're, they're full of young talent, but now they're winning against big talent. <laughs> uh, so I think we're going to see a lot more of that, that challenge uh, from, from these teams that we weren't really taking a look at or taking serious. Uh, but for the Suns to be number four in the Western Conference, it's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, buddy. I think they're above 600 or something like something crazy like that. Uh, so the progress has been fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think if they can stay healthy and just like you mentioned, continue to develop that chemistry, include everybody else on the team, then the Suns are in the playoffs, no question. And, and then if they can have, like, one more player step up that's not Booker, Paul, mm -hmm. Aiden, we're looking at you, we're talking, we're, I think okay. this is, like, our telepathy here. Aiden, <laughs> I think they can be, like, serious contenders because you need a lot of st star power to kind of get through whatever the West is, you know, to get through AD and LeBron, to get through mm -hmm. Kawhi and George. You have, like, Booker and Chris Paul, which is a great combination, but you might need just a little bit more to kind of like set it in stone. So I feel yeah. like definitely one more player to to just fill the whole roster out is going to be like the cherry on the on the ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Is definitely. that the saying? I think there's I, a saying. The cherry on top. It's, I mean, the it's cherry the on top. Yeah. I don't know if people put cherries on like oh like Sundays. I was a cherry on the Sunday, maybe. <laughs> Good, my brain. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say, to add to that. Yes, Aiton definitely. I feel like needs to find his consistent stride. Uh, players too, like Jay Crowder. Mm. Um, I think one of the other players that because they're they're definitely like a they're a shooting team. They're not like super emphasis as far as points on the paint. So they're, you know, they're looking for their three ball. They're looking for their mm -hmm. uh, midcourt shots. And who else came to mind is uh, Michael Bridges. When they had that team record 24 threes against the Grizzlies, they shot 52%. Um, Michael Bridges was four or five from three. And he was up there with Paul, who was also four or five. So players like that, they need to understand, like, you can have breakout games too. You know, you could you know, do a little shimmy here and there too. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it all starts with leadership, right? So if your leaders are still trying to figure it out, like how is the rest of your team supposed to kind of fall in line? And I think we're slowly seeing that, that growth over the season. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's all we have this episode. Uh, we're super excited to get into the second half of the season with you guys mm -hmm. and definitely the all-star break ish that we're having <laughs> so thank y'all for sticking sticking with us through all of this and we hope y'all are staying safe and staying cool uh again i'm Bronna marks and i'm here with leslie torres and we'll catch you next time thank you for listening bye 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 <laughs>